Hello, welcome to the Autism Grown-Up Podcast. This is an extension of our resource center and nonprofit, also called Autism Grown-Up, where we are focused on supporting autistic individuals as they grow up and navigate adulthood. I'm your host, Dr. Tara Regan, and I'm also the executive director here at Autism Grown Up. One of the core things to our mission is that we are supporting conversations between all members involved in an autistic person support network. So to support that, we are talking with so many wonderful people and organizations that are doing work across a wide range of topics to support autistics as they grow up and navigate adulthood. We also have a community where we can continue our conversation about this podcast episode. If you're not already a member, you should join us. You can find us at autismgrownup.com community. Let's get into this week's episode of the Autism Grown Up Podcast. Hey everyone, welcome to this week's episode of the Autism Grown Up Podcast. Today I'm going to be sharing my interview with Esteemed Coffee and talking with the co-founders Angie Hudson and Tamara Lapsley. So what is Esteemed Coffee? Esteemed Coffee is a nonprofit coffee shop and bakery located in downtown Cary, North Carolina that's planning to open in November 2020. Esteemed Coffee will be employing people with visual, communication, and intellectual and developmental differences in a life participation model of community while esteeming people with differing abilities. Uh, Co-founders and friends Angie and Tamara started Esteemed Coffee in 2017, and now are only months away from bringing their dream to a reality with its opening in November. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about, of course, the beginning of Esteemed Coffee and what kickstarted the idea and the mission statement of this organization, as well as the process of getting a nonprofit like this started. In case you're curious about this information, there's a lot of info here, totally a jam-packed episode here, as well as how to support Esteemed Coffee from wherever you are and to support similar organizations in your community. Now let's jump into my interview with Esteemed Coffee. So great to have you on here, um, especially since I just found out you were very local to me in the Research Triangle area of North Carolina. Uh, Could you tell me a little bit about yourselves? We can go one by one, however order you prefer. Um, in your background. We'll do that first and then we'll get into esteemed coffee and how that got started. Angie, go ahead. (laughs) Angie goes first. All right. Um, I'm Angie Hudson and I grew up in Cary, North Carolina. It's my hometown and I went to school at UNC Chapel Hill and when I was a freshman in college in Chapel Hill, I started losing my vision all of a sudden. So I grew up without a disability and then acquired one during college. So by the time I graduated, I had become legally blind and I have a rare form of macular degeneration and there's no treatment or cure for it. Mm-hmm. So for the past 30 years, I have not driven a car and I have you know, had challenges daily. Um, <clears throat> and one of those being the year that I graduated from college in 1990, that was the same year that the Americans with Disabilities Act was passed. Mm-hmm. And so that was becoming a law. No one had ever seen anybody like me when they were interviewing me and I didn't really know Say, to self-disclose a disability to, you know, it was a very anxious and, and challenging time to try mm-hmm. to make employment um, as someone who had just, you know, acquired a disability and someone who didn't really know how to navigate that. And there wasn't really any resources for that at the time. 
So flash forward to now, and I just had the dream uh, a couple years ago of starting a nonprofit that would help other people to get those yeses for jobs mm -hmm. and not struggle as much as I did coming along. And things are changing, and I wanted to be part of that change. Thanks, Angie. Well, um, I'm Tamara Lapsley, and uh, Angie and I met actually probably about 24 years ago, 24, 25, when we were both getting ready to have our first child. And I, um, like Angie, went to UNC Chapel Hill, graduated from there, got my master's there in speech-language pathology, and I've been a speech-language pathologist for 35 years now. Part of that time was full-time, part of it was part-time while I was raising my kids, uh -huh. um, but I have worked with children and adults with all kinds of communication deficits. I've worked with mostly ch with children on the autism spectrum. Prior to us working on opening Esteem Coffee, I have not worked with adults with autism, so mm -hmm. we are both learning a lot about that. Yeah. Um, and I got really interested in, developed a passion for opening this Esteem Coffee because um, a young man that I work with, who's actually a family friend of both mine and Angie's, had a severe, a massive stroke at the age of 18. Oh, wow. And he was a perfectly healthy, athletic young man. Mm -hmm. um, they never did really figure out the reason for a stroke. But just kind of seeing the struggles that he went through and I went with our church youth group to Wilmington and went to Biddy and Bowes back in I think it was 2016, not too long after it opened. Yeah. And I kept it. The first thing that struck me was that, oh my goodness, this would be such a great employment opportunity for people with just a variety of difficulties where they're trying to navigate, you know, either having their first job or maybe starting to go back to work after something like a stroke, trying to regain right. their comfort level and being with the public. So Actually, this young man, Austin, is the one that just kind of gave me a passion for trying to do something like this. Definitely, I can tell the passion both of you have for this, uh, along with following with you all online. You have the knowledge and experience about how important and needed this employment opportunity is for members of our community. So could you tell me how Esteemed Coffee got started? So I'll start and I'll let Tamara add in. So. I was cool. having lunch with Tamara in the summer of 2017, and I said, I need to say out loud this crazy dream that's in my head right now, and I just know that I cannot do this alone. And I told her the dream of starting a coffee shop and bakery in Cary, North Carolina, mm -hmm. to employ people and create jobs and lower the unemployment rate for people with a variety of disabilities, including vision impairments, mm -hmm deficits and intellectual and developmental disabilities and when I said it she immediately said I'll do it with you and I said okay that's awesome we're gonna be partners that so we became co-founders in the fall of 2017 we applied for our nonprofit 501c3 in September of 2018 and we did not receive that until April 30th of 2019. So we just celebrated our one year anniversary of being a nonprofit. Hooray, congrats. Um, Hooray. For the past 10 months, we have raised all the money that we needed to start the coffee shop. Yeah, and more congrats, that's huge. 
So we did that, and uh, I'm going to let Tamara, you know, kind of start with her beginning and get us up up to the present time in, in her words. And um, basically, you know, as Angie said, and then I had previously stated, um, I had been thinking about, you know, what an impact this something like a steamed coffee would, you know, have for people with a variety of communication deficits. And when Angie brought it up to me, it just happened to be the right timing because my youngest or our youngest, my husband and I's youngest was getting ready to go off to college. And I was, you know, starting to have those empty nester feelings and like, oh, what am I going to do? And, and I, I was working part time at the time and still am. Um, and I wanted to continue working with children and adults with communication deficits, but I also want to do something a little bit different. And when she mentioned this idea, I was like, yes, I'm on board. So um, little did we know <laughs> how complicated this was going to be. But um, we've had a lot of people kind of, you know, been really helpful along the way, particular, a special blend that we know you interviewed already yeah. um, in Greensboro. They've been extremely helpful and just a bunch of other people that we'll talk about later. But. So great. I love how ideas, I feel like a lot of these ideas come up over lunch with friends and it, that's like the foundation you need to keep going and get started with something like this, a huge project, like a nonprofit and to keep going. What are some <laughs> things that, are, that you've learned along the way that's important for others to know, starting from even just the idea stages to fundraising, getting corporate partners, and then getting the space itself and getting that going? I know that's a big question. Um, it is. I guess I would say that as we approached people, we got surprising answers sometimes. We asked mm -hmm. one person to be on our board and they ended up being our landlord. We asked one person if we could introduction to someone that I knew 25 years ago, and they turned into our biggest sponsor and a partner. So really just getting out into the community and stepping outside of our comfort zone and doing all kinds of presentations and seminars and joining the chamber and going to 12 different civic organizations in 12 months and being their guest speakers and putting together PowerPoints and uh, business plans and all kinds of things. It's just been yeah. one thing after another that we just keep going and it turns into something eventually. So you just have to keep trying and pushing and going outside your comfort zone. That's the biggest thing. Mm -hmm. I think dovetailing off what Angie said, I guess we've learned that collaboration is key. You know, for example, one of our board members has had her own nonprofit triangle aphasia project for 17 years and it's just been so extremely helpful um, for her to kind of tell us what has worked, what hasn't worked Definitely. for them, yeah. and just helped us avoid some pitfalls. I mean, we're still going to make mistakes, but it's really helped us not make some of the same ones she made. Yeah, so do you all want to get into some of those aspects of what it's been like getting corporate partners and getting the space? I guess we can break that down. Um, where? Yeah, where do you all want to start? So okay. back in November, Tamara and I went to um, to a meeting, and the current president of LC Industries, which is in Research Triangle Park, North Carolina, uh, was there, and we were talking to him, and he said, what's your background to me? And I said, well, I actually used to work for LC Industries. It was my first job out of college. 
25 years ago, I worked for, for the company. And he said, oh, well, you should reconnect and re reach out to the former president who was your boss. And I said, well, I haven't talked with him in 25 years, but if you would, you know, kind of connect me with him again, that would be great because he had since retired. And so he did. And, uh, and Bill Hudson, no relation to me, same last name. And I started a conversation again. And by February, between November and February, um, he became our largest corporate sponsor and a corporate partner. And because he spent 50 years of his career creating jobs for people with disabilities, mostly vision impairments, but some other disabilities as well. Um, and he gave me my first chance at employment after college. So I think it's just a, a wonderful story to tell about a full circle moment. Mm -hmm. It really warmed my heart when he actually flew from where he's retired in Arizona back here in February, met us outside of our coffee shop to be, and he wanted to see what we were gonna do. And he brought his current president, his current vice president, and himself and his wife, and we just had a wonderful time just reconnecting after 25 years, and he just believes in our mission so much. So he really got us over to the other side of the fundraising goal and made this all possible. Wow, that's incredible. Mm -hmm. And I think it's, you know, it, it's been a journey because the majority of fundraising that we've done has, other than um, LC industry, has been mostly, you know, individuals donating money. Because we're not open yet, it's been really difficult to find other companies that would be willing to donate, you know, money for something yeah. that's not in a reality yet. Yeah. Um, so the majority of the rest of our fundraising has been through individuals. And as far as the space goes, I think Angie had mentioned it earlier, but we we had really not even started looking for a space yet like in I think December or January of 2019 because we were still just at the beginning of fundraising and we wanted to get have raised at least a hundred thousand before we started looking for a space uh -huh. and we had just planned on um, enlisting the help of a commercial broker real estate broker and Angie had approached an acquaintance of hers um, about being on our board. It's a lady that's really involved in Cary community and we just thought she'd be an excellent board member and she at first was going to do that and then about a week later contacted us and said that she and her husband had been talking about it and rather than serving on our board they would like to us to use their space. One of the um, oh properties that they own in downtown Cary. We were super excited, but this was kind of getting the cart before the horse because we uh -huh. didn't have much money at that point. <laughs> and so we kind of left it that we, you know, we let them know where we were financially and that we hoped to raise the money by the end of 2019 so that we could say yes for sure, want to go forward with the space. Mm -hmm. um, and this family actually has an adult son with a disability, so they're well aware of how difficult it can be to find a job, and that kind of gave them the passion to you know, want to help us out in that way. So that's kind of where, how that all got started. It just says so much about community connections mm -hmm. and how important that this type of shop happen and be put in place here in this community. So you all have this space right now, 
How, what are things looking like right now? Well, our timeline is really exciting, and I can share that with you because we have a, a pretty good idea of when things are going to happen now. So we are going to be putting out bids to our contractors in the next week or so uh, because our architectural drawings are almost complete. We will be hopefully beginning demolition inside of the coffee shop to be by the end of May, and then construction will happen June and July. And then August is kind of an in-between month where we'll be finalizing a lot of other details behind the scenes. And then in September, we're going to be accepting applications, interviewing potential employees, and making acceptances and offers of employment. Um, we're going to have three different types of positions, a hot barista, a cold barista, and a cashier position that are going to be above minimum wage paid employee positions mm -hmm. as well as a manager and we're also Tamara and I will also job share and work in the shop some too and we're going to have also some volunteers that are going to help out and then in October we are going to do a four-week paid training program on site inside of our coffee shop which will be newly renovated and then in mid-November we're going to have our grand opening it will be open yes, yes that's amazing <laughs> it's going to be happening this year I bet that seems so yeah. surreal to think it about does. It does. and it's amazing that you all are still able to continue with the plans and the prep especially with everything going on right now. Right. Have you had to make any adjustments? Not yet, because fortunately right now is the, you know, the renovation phase and the contractors yeah. are still working. Okay, good. <laughs> but good. we are, yeah, we are going to, you know, need to come up with some contingency plans about, you know, what will it look like if, you know, if the workforce is not back to normal by, right. you know, October, you know, how would we phase employees into the, into the work environment and that, mm -hmm. you know, just kind of how we're going to structure all that. So that's mm -hmm. some additional things we need to work on. We did, you know, we are keeping information that we receive about new CDC guidelines, about sanitizing, you know, the sure. work environment and that kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. We have been affected in that we raised our initial fundraising goal by March, right at the point where the virus shut everything down. But we had four in-person fundraisers that had to be canceled in March and April. And then Cameron and I had applied for several grants that were in the pipeline before the virus, and we did not receive any of those grants. So during just March and April, we had about $30,000 of potential revenue between events and grants that we did not receive. And therefore we are currently looking at opening on the current timeline, but we might have to do a phase two of a minor renovation for some accessibility upgrades in 2021. So we can open on time, but we may not be able to do absolutely everything we wanted to do at this time. We might have to do a mini makeover in 2021 and we might have to do more uh, in-person fundraisers in spring of 2021 than we thought we were going to have to do. Okay. We, we are on a very tight budget just to get open and just we have yeah. no opportunities to, to get some buffer. We have no buffer. Uh, we're just barely going to get open. Okay. That kind of will speak to kind of at the end some ways that you know our community can help us maybe navigate through some of this. So what are some, I know you all have done some presentations of probably many, many to corporate <laughs> sponsors or potential people and individuals to work with. 
Uh, what have been some of the major topics that have been important to you in conveying the message of esteemed coffee? I think one thing that we've really, really focused on is we, you know, our main goal is to focus on diversity and integration of our employees into community life. A lot of people that we will employ, it'll be their first job and they may or may not have job skills yet. And that's part of our focus is to help them gain the necessary job skills to be competitive in the workforce so that eventually, you know, they can be recruited by other people that are, might have more challenging jobs for them. Sure. We're going to be 100% recruitable as far as we may even put a sign up by the cash register that our employees are recruitable because, you know, some of our customers may come in and just see what a wonderful job they're doing uh-huh. and say, oh, I could really use them in my place of business. So yeah. we hope to be, our, our focus is going to be kind of a job training environment as well as for individuals who have had a stroke or have had like a later life onset of Mm -hmm. a disability communication deficit we're going to be providing the what's called a life participation approach to therapy and really try to tie in speech language therapy goals they have with their private speech therapist into the work environment to try to help accelerate improvement in their communication skills. So there's a therapeutic approach to vocational skills. Right. And I guess retraining would be... Right. For some people, it'll be retraining and for other people, it'll be training. And for some of our employees, you know, hopefully they'll love the job and want to stick with us. But for others, we, you know, recognize that it's just going to be a springboard to other opportunities. And we're also going to have volunteer positions. There may be individuals out there who maybe... They might be an older person who's had a stroke and they really don't want to go back. You know, they're not at the point in life where they want to go back to work, but we'll have volunteer opportunities where they can practice interacting with the public and practice their communication skills. And so there's just going to be a variety of opportunities. Wonderful. Yeah, a special blend has seen a lot of success with saying that, yeah, a lot of their staff is recruitable or is interested in going on to their training, this, their location as a training spot too. Right. And it's, they've seen a lot of success with it. Mm-hmm. So what are, um, you may have touched on this already, already, so we could skip this question. Uh, what are some collaborations you've had along the way? Um, well, some collaborations that we have that are ongoing, we've already mentioned, our Triangle Aphasia Project, whose executive director is on our board. And we love collaborating with them on an ongoing basis. And we also collaborate with a special blend because they're our mentor coffee shop. And we're modeling ourselves after them because they have been such a success in their year and a half since they opened. Mm -hmm. Um, They've been invaluable in being a little bit further down the road than us and helping us to get ready for the next step in our development. Um, So great. another, Another way that we have really enjoyed collaborating is was an idea that one of our other board members, Kirby Barber, who is our board treasurer, gave us. He said, I want to do a bikeathon, but not only to benefit us at Esteem Coffee, but to collaborate with other nonprofits with similar missions. And so what Kirby did back in December was ride his bike over 400 miles from Winston-Salem all the way to Wilmington. And he stopped at seven nonprofits along the way, including Esteem Coffee, Special Blend, and several others. 
all the way from Winston-Salem down to Wilmington. And we raised over $11,000 and a whole lot of exposure for the, for the unemployment rate for people with disabilities. And we were able to give away $1,000 to each of the other six nonprofits. What a great idea for a collaboration like that. I know it piqued my interest because I think that's when I first discovered you all and Special Blend had mentioned your mentoring relationship too. That's such a great model too, by the way, but that piqued my interest because I was like, is he really going to bike 400 miles? Wow. And he had not, he was not a biker. <laughs> that's what's so amazing. That is. He just decided he was going to do it, set his mind to it. He, you know, practiced, you know, definitely trained, but... Sure. Oh, <laughs> his children were very impressed. <laughs> yeah, and our board member Kirby, who did that, he has a son who has autism, mm. and uh, so he—that's why he joined our board was because he just wanted to help an organization that uh, he could envision being a place that someday his son would have more employment opportunities. Mm -hmm. so that's where his passion for steam coffee came from, and um, he's just an inspiration to all of us. Go Kirby. And, and we've also um, collaborated some with Gigi's Playhouse in Raleigh that okay. focuses on just, they have a lot of free educational and other opportunities, social opportunities for individuals with Down syndrome and other intellectual developmental disabilities. Mm -hmm. so we've collaborated some with them, done a little bit of um, job coaching with some of their clients and other other companies just to kind of get some experience ourselves in job coaching adults with intellectual developmental disabilities and, and um is joining community organizations so we joined the carry chamber of commerce and we're meeting people there i've joined an executive director's roundtable group we're also just trying to you know reach out to our downtown neighbors in mm -hmm. who near us in carry we're going to be putting out some flyers and we hope to be a really good downtown carry neighbor to businesses around us. And so we're trying to collaborate as much as we can in as many different ways as we can. I think related to that, one other collaboration we've had that's just been really invaluable was the, um, is, has been the Small Business Center of North Carolina. Particularly Chair Robertson, the director, has been extremely helpful. And Angie and I both have participated in free webinars and classes that they offer and it's just a, an invaluable resource for people you know starting a business mm -hmm. amazing uh so speaking of the community uh once esteemed coffee opens and probably beforehand i imagine you already seen some type of an impact what do you hope the impact on the community will be what will it look like well i'll, I'll just say one type of impact and tamra can can say another but one that I think is part of the dream is that once we blend the community of people with disabilities who work there and volunteer there with people who are customers who are coming in, mm -hmm. there's, there's a, a unique opportunity for everyone to feel better once they've been in the shop because we are expecting to not only have a wonderful interaction of people, but provide excellent customer service with a smile, possibly a hug. You know, there's gonna be a whole lot of fun happening in there and people are just gonna love our products as well. We're, we're working towards doing excellent specialty coffee, tea, smoothies, Italian sodas, wonderful baked goods. And also we're gonna support artists who have disabilities by reselling their artwork uh, in our coffee shop. 
So there's some merchandising opportunities for people with disabilities as well. Yeah. And we're gonna do everything we can to have people intersect in a warm, welcoming environment in as many ways as possible. And we also feel like that the people who work together are gonna be able to create friendships that may not have been possible otherwise, because we heard from a special blend uh, one of their employees was a guest speaker at our gala in September last year, and she said that before working at a special blend, she didn't have any friends, and now she has more than her heart can hold. And so we just you know, hold on to that and know that some of our employees are going to have friendships that they've never gotten to have. So we're really excited about that. I'm excited for that too. Wow. And I think too that I think when somebody has a difference, it's the public or other people that are new to being around them may feel uncomfortable initially, but that's one of our main goals is to help everybody feel comfortable with people who are different from them mm -hmm. and, um, you know, learn how to communicate with them to get along to problem solve together. So mm -hmm. that's, you know, going to be a focus with our employees learning how to problem solve with each other mm -hmm. and also how, you know, to interact with the public and the public to feel more comfortable in interacting with them and kind of, you know, break down those barriers that differences can bring. Absolutely. To change those norms and normalize differences. Right. So what are some uh, common resources or tools you've turned to or and would recommend others to use if they were going to open a coffee shop? Well, I would say, starting off, I would reemphasize what Tamara said, no matter where you are, if you have a community college in your area, for us, it's Wake Technical Community College. Right. Um, they usually have a small business center, and those are free for all taxpayers in that geographic area. So for free, we got to experience all the benefits of the Small Business Center through Wake Tech, and that helped us lay the foundation of all of the documents and dealing with the IRS to establish our 501c3 and mm -hmm. get a plan written and to actually put uh, pen to paper on how are we actually going to make this turn from just talking about it into making it real. And that is a lot of work that people can can use those resources for because when you just have an idea and you've never run a business or started a business you do need some foundational help along the way mm -hmm. i think local chamber of commerce as angie has mentioned before the carry chamber of commerce has been extremely helpful and we're sure will continue to be so um, they have a lot of you know webinars going on that have been helpful and business expos that we've been to and connected with other people in the community. And then the other thing is just other similarly minded nonprofits like um, Triangle Aphasia Project, a special blend, other you know coffee shop startups in the area like Three Two One Coffee. We've just kind of bounced ideas off of each other, so that's right. been really helpful. Yeah, I uh, third all of that, what you just said, <laughs> second and third. I so agree. I need to actually look at the small business center resources myself. Uh, and then shifting to our, towards our last couple of questions, uh, what are you excited about and looking forward to in the coming months? I feel like I already know this answer, but. <laughs> um, I think that when Tamara and I were talking, I think what we're really excited about is getting to our grand opening day because we have worked for two and a half years 
to get to that day and it's going to be so much fun we just have been told by a special blend that they had a thousand people at their grand opening we don't know exactly what ours is going to look like a ribbon cutting a grand opening having people come in and get their first cup of coffee at a steamed coffee and interact with our brand new employees in their uniforms and everybody just really you know loving being there and being excited about what we're doing in our community and changing and being part of the revitalization of downtown Cary. And we know of lots of other development projects that are going to be happening in downtown in the next couple of years. And mm-hmm. all of that together just means that we're gonna be part of a wave of, of good things that are happening in downtown Cary. And we are so grateful and thankful and excited for our grand opening in November of 2020. We just can't wait. Thank you. I second that. <laughs> and I think we're just, we're also just really excited about watching the employees just to, you know, build vocational skills. But more importantly, I think than that is building relationships with their coworkers, with the patrons that come in, with the other businesses, business owners in Down Carey. Yeah. Um, we're just excited to watch that development. I'm so excited to be there on opening day too. I'm yes. so glad I live nearby to come Me visit. Too. <laughs> uh, and then finally, um, actually, these are actually literally probably the last two really. Um, how can people listening to this episode help you out? And then how can they get in touch with you? Because we got to keep getting the word out there, help you all fundraise. Definitely, yes. There's a couple of ways they could really help. One, we are still looking for volunteers to help with various things. In particular, we would love to find a volunteer coordinator. It would be a volunteer position, but somebody that could spend two, possibly three at the most hours a week helping us kind of set up like a sign up genius online so that we could, people could sign up to help with the job coaching training grand opening and beyond because we're going to need typically developing or neurotypical adults kind of overseeing volunteers in the shop as well as volunteers who have some type of disability so it's going to be a mixture of people Mm -hmm. Um, but it would be really helpful to have a volunteer coordinator to help set that up and kind of help coordinate volunteers secondly because we have not been able to fundraise the last few months, just because, you know, there's just someone on for everybody, so many worthwhile causes out there. If people know of others who might be able to donate their services to help build a handicap ramp that we're going to need, we need some help with elevating the front entryway to make it handicap accessible to all so people that might have those skills and are certified you know contractors would be helpful Uh um and we're also going to be listing probably this summer early in in the summer in june some of the other equipment that we need such as a refrigerator and under counter fridge ice machine different things like that Mm -hmm. if people either have access to those you know, resources and might be able to give us a discount on those items or might be able to donate funds to help us purchase those items. That would be really, really helpful. So we'll have that information on our website, but our website address is www.esteemcoffee.com. And it's spelled S-T-E-A-M. 
Right, like with steam in the middle of it, right? Yeah. <laughs> Great. And then you all are all over social media platforms, but what are the common ones that you typically use? Um, we are on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. All right. And we try to post almost daily on all four channels. So you can follow us there. And we have about a thousand people following us currently. And we would love for that to grow as the word gets out. So we're hoping that everybody that listens to this podcast will follow us on social media. And uh, like Tamara said, you can donate at our website forward slash donate. We have a donate tab there. And we would appreciate any tax deductible donations that, that you can give us. We will use it 100% towards creating jobs for people with disabilities. Mm-hmm, absolutely. And you can also see everything in process, like the renovation and the building process, because you all are documenting that on That's social cool. media and posting so updates. One of the things that I'm doing is, um, oh, is okay. managing the social media. And we have, we have had interns and we have another intern as, now as well. Who help us also with that but um i like to post a friday update or an esteemed home makeover i call it because <laughs> now we're into our makeover season i love giving people something every friday that they can count on to see where we are at and what we've gotten accomplished that week so cool so great yeah so follow them there and follow along in the friday updates And again, thank you so much for being on this episode, Angie and Tamara. It was so good talking with you. Thank you so much, Tara. Talk with you soon. Thanks again to Tamara and Angie for joining us for today's episode. You can check out everything that we talked about in our show notes on the Autism Grown Up website, which is also linked in the description of this episode of wherever you are listening today. Which leads me to a quick little ask. If you found value in this episode and know that others would benefit from listening to this podcast, leave us a rating and review. This really, truly helps others in the autism community to be able to find us easier online. Because people are like you are saying things like, hey, this podcast is real and real helpful. It covers info about employment and options for adults on the spectrum. Those types of things can also help people be able to find us quicker through search and all of that good stuff. Thank you again for ahead of time for doing that for us, as well as for listening to another episode of the AGU podcast. I'm looking forward to our episode next week and I will chat with y'all soon. This episode was brought to you by our supporters. Become a supporter yourself of future episodes like this one, as well as other ones where we're gonna be bringing on more subject matter experts to talk about their work in the autism field. Currently, we are working towards our fundraising goal of $5,000 as well, and we need your help. You can go to autismgrownup.com support dash AGU to learn more and help us keep the show like this running as well as our resource center overall.